The Coffee Podcast is sponsored by KitchenAid, whose coffee collection is changing the way coffee is brewed at home. KitchenAid worked with baristas and coffee experts to engineer a new line of coffee products. The KitchenAid Burr Grinder allows you to extract the best flavor from your coffee beans by precisely controlling the grind level. The KitchenAid Precision Press Coffee Maker enhances the classic French press brewing method with an integrated scale and timer to precisely brew a bold, full-bodied cup of coffee. Craft coffee made simple with KitchenAid. A truly great cup of coffee is more than exquisite taste. We at Mudhouse Coffee Roasters believe great coffee means integrity and quality at every point along its journey. We travel and form close relationships with small farms from Panama to Indonesia. We buy the highest quality beans grown with social responsibility and ecological sustainability. Our philosophy earned us Roaster of the Year from Roast Magazine. When you order from us online, we hand roast and ship fresh so you get the sweetest spot of that coffee's expression. Rock on and go to mudhouse.com. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where our focus is people and our language is coffee. My name is Weston Peterson. And I'm Jesse Hartman. This is your platform for people-focused coffee talk. The famous artist Edgar Degas once said, Art is not what you see, but what you make others see. Coffee and art go together. It's just kind of a thing. And I think everybody knows it. And nobody really quite knows it in specialty coffee, like David from Department of Brewology, who's been doing pretty incredible artistic spins on things like the Chemex and the Mocha Pot and and other brewing devices and uh, unintentionally started the stir with a phrase, filter, coffee, not people. We're excited to have David on the show today to talk about Department of Brewology, his story, and where Department hopes to go here in the near future. My name is David Salinas. I am the founder of the Department of Brewology based out of Austin, Texas, Um, and I love coffee. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Where where did you begin in coffee? I I think a lot of people have heard of Department um, and maybe even wondered... Have you, you know, have you done anything other than design in coffee? Did you just start out out of the gate with design or where were your beginnings at? Well, regarding coffee, um, I started, gosh, uh, back in uh, the late nineties. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, back when everyone was in diapers. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Um, <laughs> this was a uh, pre uh, third wave and, uh, worked in a number of shops, um, and kind of exploring specialty coffee, what it was back then, which kind of the extent of it was sort of like the two VHS tape series that David Schomer put out <laughs> way back when on Latte Art. Wow. And yeah. I paid the, the $75 per cassette tape, uh, and I consumed them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, yeah, back back then in South Texas, uh, there wasn't a lot of, um, uh, voices out there at the time, you know, to, to kind of mentor me. So, um, yeah, I did, um, a latte art for a little while and, um, that was about it. Kind of, kind of transitioned into design after that. I got you. So you were, you were, um, kind of into the pouring the latte art and that to you was kind of like, I don't know. That's design in a sense, right? It's it's a design aspect in the cafe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cafe I worked at was kind of linked in as um, a venue as well. Uh, we had a lot of touring artists that went through um, and played. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of the the threshold was essentially just kind of espresso based drinks. Um, filtered coffee was essentially just batch brew at that time. Um, and I actually never drank it. Um, my drink of choice <laughs> back then was like a white mocha with three Splenda. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty and, intense, yeah. David. Yeah, that, that's sort of like my embarrassing yearbook photo <laughs> oh, that's in awesome. audio, audio form. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of who I was and immediately became a snob. And uh, yeah, just there wasn't a lot of room for growth, I guess, back then. And um 
I, a lot of the bands that were touring through town needed design work and I kind of volunteered my services and kind of essentially just kind of transitioned mostly within the design within music, uh, the, the music industry. Got which you. Which was a, a great experience. It was really fun. So do, what was your design background before that? You must have had some experience. Um, uh, well, I was kind of, um, prior to that, I was really kind of just like a yearbook nerd uh, and journalism nerd. Um, uh, and just, that was my crowd. And, um, I worked for the university, uh, newspaper as well. Got fired from that job. (laughs) I was a horrible employee. Um, and, um, really loved music at the time and I still do. Um, but yeah, I started working with some of my favorite bands at the time and, uh, creating marketing assets for them. Very cool. Uh, logos and whatnot um and uh i studied uh design at the university of uh texas pan american in edinburgh texas south texas um and yeah it was it was a neat journey um I, a lot of what i learned back then isn't really necessarily applicable to what i now but unfortunately but it was time well spent i, I guess yeah um, but yeah kind of honed in your craft i imagine i mean i think i think a lot of people who look at your work don't think it's some amateur i mean you have a lot uh th- there's like this touch that you have to to design and coffee that's really unique um and i think a lot of people when they think design and coffee they think department of virology from <laughs> when i t- when i talk to people i mean that's you know i am in texas maybe that's a little a little biased but um I'm curious, what is it about coffee that made you want to do design in coffee? Was there, was there something attractive about the industry? Yeah. Um, I, I was actually, um, at a music, in, uh, music festival, uh, in Chicago and, um, I met this guy by the name of Aaron Blanco who saw that I had like a coffee percolator, you know, in my camp area and he yeah. brought over, uh, Chemex, um, and I'd never seen the device before. That granted, this was gosh, this must have been like ten, eleven years ago. Um, and it, um, I asked if he had any Splenda on hand. <laughs> he said no, <laughs> or white mocha sauce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but he said just just try this black, and uh, I think I think you'll like it very much. And I remember distinctly, it was like it was like a wine. It was amazing. Um, it was just so nuanced and beautiful and eloquent um so that kind of just sort of that was my aha moment that kind of pulled me back into the wormhole of coffee um and i kept digging and digging and digging myself deeper into this hole um and i realized that you know i was a designer and um you know working as a barista wasn't necessarily sustainable and actually kind of try to do both for, for quite some time uh but yeah financially just it didn't make sense to do both um, and, uh, eventually, um, I started kind of just illustrating with coffee on my mind. And, uh, one of the first illustrations I, I, I created was, um, a design based off of the Chemex. Um, and it was comprised of some typographic, uh, treatments that kind of, uh, broke down the brewing device, uh, mm-hmm. the various, uh, elements that, uh, um, contribute to, um, that device, I uh, posted on my personal Instagram and um, it was uh, received quite uh, favorably and people kept asking if I would produce it as a, as a print and mm-hmm. I kept kind of shying away from the idea um, but uh, eventually gave in and uh, produced it as, as a print and it, I was buried with orders. It was amazing. So um, yeah. I kind of continued the series and explored other green devices with the same motif, the same kind of um, – um, recipe of design elements uh, just applied to different brewing devices um, and by the time I knew it, it was like a 10 part series so uh, yeah, I was yeah. kind of in it at that point I guess. Very cool and I, I have to ask you why would you you said you kind of almost shied away from the whole idea was there a reason for that? Well I just didn't think that there would be a market for it personally it just seemed like a, a, a silly idea um, and coming from a history of pursuing silly ideas and wasting a lot of money. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, predisposed to pursue it, but it wasn't actually until, um, I got an email from Ben, ben Crawford from coffee Supreme in New Zealand, 
um, who reached out to me, saw the image and asked if I would, you know, seriously consider producing it and they'd be uh, more than willing to take it on as a wholesale product. Um, yeah. And that kind of just sort of like, whoa, because uh, I've been a fan of Coffee Supreme for quite some time and sure. uh, absolutely everything they do is just stunning. Um, Al Keaton has just done a, an amazing job uh, producing such, you know, curating such an amazing brand. So to kind of, to get, you know, to, to get their attention was eye opening. Um, and I kind of, you know, gave it a second thought and decided, okay, what the heck, you know, I'll do this. And, uh, sure enough, they, uh, they brought it on board as a wholesale product and I helped me fund production, um, and mitigated a lot of the risks that was involved financially. So it seemed like a safe choice at the time. Um, and, but fortunately enough, apart from their amazing support, I received, um, just such, such a amazing show of support from people in general. Yeah. It was pretty phenomenal. Very cool. And, and I know you said you had some experience, uh, in specialty coffee or your first experience was kind of that latte art aspect of maybe the third wave. Um, but what, what do you think of when you hear those words, specialty coffee and third wave coffee? What, what do those words mean to you and what are your experiences with them? Uh, they're, they're mostly positive. Um, I mean, they're entirely positive. Um, because I mean, frankly, I, I think it's, it's really easy to kind of like, you know, um, uh, convey them in a negative light. Um, uh, because yeah, I guess there, there are some negative connotations that come, there's some baggage that, that comes along with those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for a third wave or specialty coffee, I don't think I'd be in it right now. So yeah, fair. I mean, I, I, I definitely appreciate everything that's that, 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 that exists within the industry. So. Would you, would you say that your design is, uh, maybe leaning in that area of, of focus, more of the specialty topics or when you, when you do a piece of art, are you considering the specialty coffee part of coffee? Are you considering the third wave? Like what? Yeah, what? I, I think entirely, I think, uh, when we've, uh, started the series. Um, that was what was sort of in my head. You know, I want to design something for me, you know, right. something that I like. Um, and fortunately enough, a whole lot of other people liked it too. Um, <laughs> but Convenient. you know, frankly, I think, uh, nowadays, um, I am pivoting, uh, just a kind of a fracture of a fraction of a, of a degree more towards the general market. Um, example, we're, we're exploring the possibility of doing a pool trade show, which is part of the magic trade show in Las Vegas in August. Yeah. Kind of pitch it towards the general market. And we possibly we're, we're looking at, uh, creating sort of an, an, an iteration of the department of Relic that's more, uh, general market facing. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, just to kind of explore that idea. And, um, I mean, we'll see what happens, you know, I mean, we're yeah. financially, we're getting to the point where like we can, we can sustain that kind of risk. Um, I'm, not a huge Vegas guy. <laughs> so you sure? Not, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not into the whole gambling uh, scene or shows scene or uh, expensive hamburger scene. <laughs> <laughs> expensive hamburgers. I, yeah, That's I on think the I'm, list I'm, of things. I'm kind of like slowly transitioning into Stanley from The Office. Yeah, I just need red wine and Netflix and I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think... Um, we're, we're, we're exploring this idea of kind of like pivoting more towards the general, general market ever so slightly uh, without, you know, betraying who we are as a company, yeah, as a brand. And, and that's difficult to do. I mean, I think in general, when, when you come out of something like uh, specialty or third wave and you, and you try to address the market as a whole, even in coffee, just coffee, not even going towards, you know, magic or whatever else. I think there's this strange, like, potential error that you could commit and in the perception of people who who view your work as something, at, like, that belongs somewhere, like, in specialty yeah. coffee. Um, and, but at the end of the day, you're an artist. And, you know, you're, I mean, I think your art shouldn't be limited to, you know, people's perception of what they think it should be, which might be specialty coffee or, or what have you. And, and 
I mean, you've even done works that I wouldn't say are necessarily specialty or third wave, but yeah, like absolutely. You're absolutely. uh you're uh filter people not or sorry, said it backwards. Filter coffee not people uh was it's not third wave or specialty coffee. Like yeah. you know you know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh yeah. and so Anyway, I, th- I think that is that is kind of an interesting thing, and I and I hope that the people that are listening can can kind of turn their wheels a little bit on this because people, I don't know, specialty coffee can become or third wave coffee can become such like a such a bubble. Absolutely, and yeah. it's a dangerous thing to become a bubble or a yeah, click. And I, that's why I kind of resisted that question at first when you <laughs> when you pitched it <laughs> because you know it's just so easy to kind of you know get on that track. Um, and sure. uh, yeah, work um, like most recently, we did a design based around the mocha pot, mocha pot, uh, which I would never suggest brewing on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot of people started on the mocha pot. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, my dad has one, and you know, whenever I go visit my parents, it's just it's really so endearing. But my dad, you know, uh, he's you know, with the pride of a father, he wants to you know uh, bring out you know the best experience he can give to his son. And he brings out his um, mocha pot that he actually got in Barcelona. Um, and it's just beautiful, but it just creates the most horrendous cup of coffee <laughs> imaginable. It's, it's, it's really good with hot, uh, bubbly milk. So yeah, in yeah. my opinion, some raw sugar. Yeah, no, and it, it's really <laughs> more of a sentimental thing for my dad. Cause you know, that's sort of, I think he got a friend and you know, right. a lot of cool, cool vibes in that sense. Um, but yeah, we, we actually produced that within the Bloom series. We created a design based around the mocha pot because yeah, I mean, like you said, that was sort of like the gateway drug to a lot of people. You right. know, for me, it was the French press. Yeah. I was going to say the know? other would be the French press. Yeah. And we're probably going to do one on the French press as well. Yeah. But like, I will never brew on a French press probably ever again, but you know, <laughs> if I had the choice now, um, yeah. But that was definitely one of those gateways to where like, whoa, coffee's cool. Coffee's interesting. You know, uh, right. I'm, I'm engaged in this process. And and to a lot of people, that's where their journey begins. And so there's a lot of sentimental value that's tied to those two brewing devices, even though they're not necessarily considered specialty. But right. I do believe they are embraced by the specialty market in the sense of like kind of a nostalgic, you know, uh, point, emotional point of connection, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do hear you in the sense of like uh, we've created a brand that's really especially market, uh, especially coffee uh, focused, and uh, pitching to a general market like in Las Vegas uh, wholesale um, would um, it's a, it's a delicate uh, it's a delicate uh, uh, balance to achieve. Yeah, to where we definitely don't want to lose you know the people we've gained, but we also want to extend the table, so to speak. Yeah, and I think. Uh, in a sense, I don't know what it is about specialty coffee, but yeah, and in third wave coffee, that there is sort of like this kind of pride of ownership to where like I found this first yeah, kind sure. of <laughs> sentiment, you know, to where like uh, it's cool because of because it's it's so exclusive, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I remember James Hoffman saying, um, commenting on the rate of uh, coffee shops opening in the London area and. Uh, he expressed the idea that for at the rate of uh, growth that we, that they're experiencing in London, they're they're not seeing or they're not they're not reaching out to new potential customers. I think it's val- it's a, it's a valuable thing to extend the table, um, and I think people in coffee can relate to that idea. No, absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's a there should be an inviting sense. I think if you're in this specialty or third wave scene. If you're not inviting new guests or new drinkers or new or people who are discovering coffee at your shop for the first time, then mm-hmm. uh, maybe you're not doing something right. But who am I to say that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and well, honestly, that's that's such an invigorating process because I mean, like, I mean, I don't know what what your experience was, what your when your aha moment was within coffee where you rediscovered it. Because that's right. what it is. It's it's a point of rediscovery that that a lot of us within specialty or third wave coffee um, have come to to appreciate. To where like we've known about coffee, we've been raised around it all our lives, or right. parents have rooted around us. It's horrible, black. Don't drink it black. 
<laughs> paradigm that we've kind of ra- we were raised up in, you know, to our late teens and early twenties, and then someone brews the chemics for us and blows our minds, right? Uh, or fill in the blank, and it's black coffee. But how is this black? This is amazing. It, black coffee right. is, just tastes like you know charcoal and cigarette ash and horrible things, right? Um, but you know how how amazing would it be to to have that agenda as like a specialty shop to where like you're on that mission to pull in people into that experience for the first time. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe there's some visual cues that we could implement within our spaces to, to, to make it more inviting, more inclusive, uh, to people that don't necessarily understand specialty coffee. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and with that said, I, uh, that's kind of ties really well into my next question. I know you collaborate, uh, pretty often currently with other, um, you know, companies, coffee companies, coffee roasters. Yeah. You partnered with Socratic on some things. Um, what, what are these collaborations? What inspired these collaborations? Um, if, if you can just kind of spin me on that yeah, one. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, just like any industry, um, coffee is kind of predicated upon the idea of competition. And, um, most of my approach uh, within the Department of Virology has been predicated on the idea of looking for the vacuums that exist within the this industry and capitalize on those vacuums. What are the things that things? What are the things that people are not doing right now? Right. And if if especially coffee is predicated mostly upon the idea of competition, which is a very good positive thing, honestly, because it creates better products, better right. coffee, better everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if everyone's competing. Um, I ask the question, why not build a business model that's kind of uh, the opposite? Predicated on the idea of collaboration instead of competition. Right. Um, and um, I guess I, I did have a big advantage being that I'm not a roaster or a cafe um, or anything really. Right. <laughs> um, I, I'm not like a threatening entity to any of these people that I've been able, been fortunate enough to collaborate with. So, um, when I've approached or they've approached the idea is sort of like, sure, why the hell not? You know? Right. right. So, um, it's just sort of like, um, it's, it's been nothing but positive, honestly. There's, I've had zero negative experiences, uh, thus far and it's been amazing. And I've been very fortunate to work with some of like some of the most amazing people in coffee. I just would never have dreamt that I've been in it, that I'd have an open door to do that. And it's been, really honestly just kind of been like a complete pleasure um and honor to be able to 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 collaborate with you know i don't know like if someone would have told me at that music music festival when that when aaron blanco poured me that first chemex that i would (laughs) 10 years from now from then be working directly with chemex uh, to commemorate their 75th anniversary, that <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't. Yeah, we didn't initiate that conversation. They approached us, and yeah, it's just uh, stunning, stunning. I mean, it's I, I keep pinching myself, honestly, to uh, to see the names that uh, and the people, the amazing people behind these companies that I've been able to collaborate with. It's been such an honor and such a joy. Um, and a great adventure to, to, to partner with these people. Um, so it's kind of funny to where like, this really isn't a job. It really is kind of just like a dream come true. Honestly, it's been, yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. And, uh, I had the opportunity to, to get one of your box sets, um, which I thought was super cool. It's got the Socratic, uh, folder in there about the coffee. It's got, uh, I think I had third wave water in that one too. I don't remember. Yep. It's been a while now, mm-hmm. but yep. you want to talk a little bit about that project. Do you have more of those coming out or the box set series that we created? It's a six part series uh, that we started uh, back in January and we're in May um, and it will be con- concluding in June. Um, and the box set series kind of, embodies the ethos of the department of virology in the sense that we're trying to combine the art and science of coffee, um, and pull in the idea of collaboration to where we're able to partner with amazing roasters 
that are bringing to the table amazing coffees um, that we can pair with uh, the best uh, packaging design that we can create. Um, and then furthermore, partnering with some of the coolest people in coffee, like Socratic Coffee, Third mm-hmm. Wave Water. Um, and we, I guess we can do like a little reveal here. Um, next month, we're going to be featuring, if all goes well, I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Ooh. don't quote me. I guess you can quote me on this, but um, <laughs> we will be featuring uh, a sample of Swift Cup uh, coffee, uh, which cool. is based out of uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Nate um, is going to be providing a sample of the coffee we'll be featuring in June, uh, an instant coffee which is phenomenal. Um, And it's, I think uh, after doing like a little tour of Europe uh, last year and carrying like scales and uh, V60s and filters and all this stuff, it's incredibly invaluable to be able to not have to carry all that stuff when you're going (laughs) through Europe. So yeah, yeah, I wish I had known about that product back then. So yeah, so the box set really kind of uh, embodies the idea of collaboration to where we're able to network with uh, some really notable and great people within the industry and feature their coffee uh, or their product. Uh, we're working, um, apart from every roaster that we've worked with, uh, so far it's been Onyx with the first, first month, and then it was um, Commonwealth, uh, Phil and Sebastian, Mm-hmm. quills and um this month will be la cabra out of denmark and we're very oh, excited sweet. about working with them they're going to be providing uh coffee from finca la palma y tucan um which is a honey processed yeah. uh, colombian coffee very so, familiar with those guys yep super pumped about seeing co- their their offering um but apart from these roasters that we've been working with we've also been, like i said working with uh, socratic coffee uh, they've been providing these case studies on various brewing techniques uh, and variables uh, that exist within coffee brewing. Uh, third wave water, water uh, which they provide a sample um, of their um, pre-mineralized packet. Of, it's like a capsule that you kind of dilute, uh, dissolve within a gallon of distilled water and it produce, produces uh, optimized brewing water. We're also right working on, right with... Uh, Caffeine Magazine, which will be included in this month's box set as well. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, and yeah, the door's open to anyone else that we're working with. You know, we, we have a couple <laughs> the box other is names. getting that, bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really become kind of not necessarily like, you know, financially it probably doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's sort of like, you know, <laughs> if you could create the best box set, what would it be? What would you want to be in there? You know, right. and that's kind of been our direction. <laughs> Which has been a great experience because, I mean, honestly, the, to see the reaction of a lot of the people, a lot of the subscribers, it's been like priceless um, to be a part of that, you know, uh, to bring that experience to them has been quite awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I, f- I feel that. I, I mean, when I opened the box, <clears throat> my wife is actually near me and I opened it and my eyes got really big and I was like, oh my gosh, it really was something unique, something you don't see all together at once. Yeah. So you you kind of have to like uh, really do all that work typically on your own, like find Socratic or figure out or discover this uh, Socratic coffee and then, you know, find third wave water. And they were all kind of still at the beginning when you started the box set. Yeah. Or I guess Socratic, not so much, but um, it was cool to see all that in one spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't imagine somebody who, you know, wasn't familiar with Socratic or third wave who opened that box set and got to experience those things for the first time uh, would be really exciting. Uh, yeah. And after, oh, go, uh, go at, for it. at, at SEA Expo, uh, we, uh, we all actually shared a home away. So it was like <laughs> the air, uh, the condo was actually the box set. <laughs> we had uh, me and Brett from the department of virology and, Taylor and Charles from Third Wave Water, and then Jeremy from Socratic Coffee. That's so funny. Hanging out. It You're was living awesome. the box set. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. So, and like honestly, like getting able, uh, being able to hang with them, and just like hear their stories, and their BS, and you know, they're just hilarious people. You know, <laughs> they're just amazing people. Totally. And I, I feel very privileged to to work with them, and really hope to continue to do so in the future. Uh, so it's like I said, 
this really isn't a job. This really is kind of a dream come true to me personally as a coffee enthusiast. Sure. Uh, to where like, whoa, you know, it's just really exciting to bring all these names together and, and do something great and bring a great product to people that love coffee and love coffee culture. So it's been very, cool. uh, uh, very rewarding in that sense, incredibly rewarding. Well, all that to say, so so you you were doing the box set. Is there anything else on the horizon that you're planning? I know that we briefly mentioned uh, filter coffee, not people that really yeah. seemed seem to have taken off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't know that I was going to do that. Honestly did not know that was not something that, that, that I thought would, uh, honestly be even smart to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was a little dangerous, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was a very risky move. Um, unfortunately enough, you know, for me, we, you know, I have, uh, my friend, good friend Brett Cannon on board, who handles a lot of the the comms and PR for South by Southwest, and yeah, um, uh, PR is just what he lives and breathes it, you know. So yeah. um, we definitely wanted to package it in the sense that would uh, uh, be widely received, and and uh, you know, obviously, we're going to step on some toes making a statement like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think uh, in light of the circumstances. Um, these are people's lives that are being affected and, um, I, I, I just couldn't stay silent, honestly, considering Mm -hmm. what was going on. Um, and you know, 10 years ago, the idea of a, of a company doing anything remotely political to me is nauseating and just sort of like, I, you know, don't, please don't, you know, but like even (laughs) a few nights ago, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, had to say something as well, you know, so we're like, people are like having to st- kind of step into this conversation because like some of the stuff that's going down is just not cool, you know, cause this is really not, not about politics. It really is simply about people and people's lives that, that are on the line. And, um, I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to, to, to say something, you know, and you know, that, that's your own personal choice and that's right. the choice that we made. Um, and, and fair, fairly enough. I mean, that statement alone is, is, um, it can be left to to quite a different. I mean, I mean, you could interpret that many different ways. Yeah, but I yeah, think absolutely. any way you cut that statement, I've really thought about this. Any way you cut that statement, it's it's um, it's just right. There's there's a rightness about it that mm-hmm. it doesn't need to even be political. Like you know, filter yeah. coffee, not people, is a very like. And, I, and again, I'm probably biased because our, our motto is uh, people focus coffee talk. Yeah. So obviously mm-hmm. I'm going to be on board with that. Yeah. But there's a sense in which all these arguments can quickly become about, you know, legalities or, or <clears throat> you know, laws and things. And yes, those things are important. But oh, absolutely. W- when, you, when you're tossing absolutely. words around that, that are affecting people on the scale that it's affecting them personally, people who have real lives, real families, real hearts, um, yeah. Anyway, and I saw that filter coffee, not people, and I saw it take off. And you could tell that the world, the world, wants to react and and to that statement. And it, and I don't know. There's something about it that that really just resonated with me. And anyway, yeah, I, I think we've witnessed that globally. Um, we've seen such a positive uh, reaction towards the statement and in almost universal embrace of it, honestly. Um, because I, I think within, within specialty coffees, uh, particularly, I mean, people open shops with the idea uh, and the dream that the stranger will come in, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that, that's what specialty coffee is about. It's about <laughs> every coffee for everybody. That's not well, a con- con- controversial statement whatsoever. You know, it's just like, <laughs> no. yeah, of that's why I started it's, this thing, you know? Kinda. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people, people identify with it instantaneously. Right. Um, and I, and I think we've had a few detractors to where like, you know, people, I mean, maybe have a very, you know, simplistic, uh, view of it to where like, you know, uh, maybe they misconstrue and think that for some reason that, you know, we're not in favor of like, you know, protecting their borders or, you know, right. screening, which obviously, you know, those are 
logical things and you know you want to have those things in place but right. i think the people that have embraced this uh campaign have really kind of embraced it on a more of a personal level to where in spite of what's happening politically i'm not going to let this affect the way i relate to people on a personal level yeah absolutely you know? um yeah so you know and you know I, every country should have a screening process you know so please don't misinterpret me anyone out there please um right but, you know, we really kind of want to just create a message that unifies people uh within the the hosp- hospitality of coffee and i've said this before you know while coffee and how uh coffee and politics don't necessarily mix well together all the time coffee and hospitality do um and i think because of that we've seen such a a strong positive response from the specialty coffee industry uh globally and we've been quite fortunate in that sense but yeah regarding future projects uh, since you asked <laughs> um in relation to the filter coffee uh, not people campaign we're actually going to be working uh with um uh long miles coffee out of burundi oh um, very cool yeah yeah that's a cool story uh, they're um yeah they're uh, I think Christy Carlson. Gosh, I I hope that's her name. I'm sorry. If it's not. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up real quick. No, I'm sorry, I don't have time. Uh, man, her photography is amazing. And I got the chance of meeting up with Ben there at Expo. And good lord, the the hospitality and the genuine nature of their love for people is in instantaneously uh, evident instantaneously. Um, and, uh, I, I got to meet up with, uh, with them, um, there at the, they had like a wine mixer with Sprudge at, uh, SEA Expo. And it was, mm-hmm. I think we we're both a little tipsy and, <laughs> but it was just phenomenal. Uh, it's just, uh, what they're doing there in Broody, um, is, is a great. And they're, um, so, they produced some um, some photography based around that campaign, based around that phrase "filter coffee, not people." Yeah, and we plan on releasing a series of prints of, oh, the, of cool. this photography, and I can't wait to show everyone what this looks like. It's they did an amazing job. So yeah. the proceeds of of that of those sales will go to benefit what they're doing in Burundi. Very cool. And uh, we're hoping to launch that here next month. Uh, we're also uh, going to be working with uh, Port of Mocha, um, based out of Yemen. Uh, right. Well, they're based out of the Bay Area, but you know they they, they <laughs> import coffee uh, uh, from Yemen, and right uh, we've been working with Ibrahim in Mokhtar, uh, and uh, we got to meet with them and hang out with them um, there at SEA Expo, and it was just uh, they're just great people, and we love what, what they're doing. So we're, we want to kind of expand uh, the campaign to encompass what's going on in Yemen as well. Um, and we're also um, uh, about to start working with uh, something in Germany. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to give a little more detail as, as far as what that is going to look like in the future. Um, Very cool. But yeah, um, on that note, uh, we've been able to raise funds for refugee services of Texas here mm-hmm. within the Austin area uh, from the proceeds of the sales that we've uh, uh, gained through the shirts online. Uh, but um, we're um, we're about to launch this um, on more of a local level, to where we're hoping to expand this campaign to where it will benefit uh, something in Chicago, something in the Bay Area, Bay Area, yeah. something in LA, something in Arizona, so where we can make uh, some of these assets, like namely the shirts, which people love, right, um, at a discounted wholesale rate two retailers that want to partner with a local nonprofit in their area cool. uh, to where this would have meaning to their um, city, to their local yeah. uh, a network in their community. Uh, so we're, we're about to launch that. So hopefully within the next few, few weeks, we're kind of working on some web issues right now, uh, which is fun, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> Not my expertise, no way. <laughs> Yeah. That's really exciting. Thanks for sharing all that new stuff. You did. You didn't have to do that. I, I. That's really exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff on the on the horizon for you, for department and your team. Um, <clears throat> I do have to ask, ask you the question though. You know, you jumped into coffee, um, maybe expecting one thing or another, and then department kind of grew out of that. What was that? What was that experience like? Or how would you say? 
how would you say your coffee journey has accelerated or I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how has department changed the way you view coffee as an industry? Um, it's changed the way I view coffee in the sense that I'm looking at, I'm constantly searching for what doesn't exist or what's not being done. Um, cause these ideas really excite me. Um, and I can't necessarily disclose, um, the project. There's two projects that we're working on right now. Um, the, but they're geared more towards industrial design. Um, and yeah, there's, we're constantly in that mode of like, okay, here's a new project that that's on the table. You know, should we do this? Should we not do this? And the criteria is like, is it being done right now? And if it is being done, is there a way in which we can convey this in a, in a fashion that's incredibly unique and incredibly awesome, you know? And if it's not, then we're not going to do it. But, um, that's sort of been, you know, our process of, of, of elimination, I guess you can say. Um, sure. But yeah, and furthermore, uh, it, we definitely are constantly looking for the opportunity to collaborate and to work with people. Yeah. Uh, and, um, it, it's, it's been more, uh, of an effort of, of, of like how, how can we, you know, sp spread generosity, the idea, uh, the idea, idea of generosity, uh, in everything that we do. So it's definitely, I think those are, those are the two main components in which that have changed the way I view coffee within the context of the department of virology. Very cool. Well, we're uh, we're reaching the end of the interview here, and uh, we have our last three questions, which we pitched to all of our interviewees, so I hope you're ready. Uh, the first question is, where do you see coffee going in the next five years? And you could answer this in relationship to, to department if you wanted to, but it's kind of a general question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a great question. I think coming from the context of, you know, getting back from SCA Expo in, in Seattle, where you're kind of surrounded by people... Um, that have that question in the back of their minds, uh, uh, searching the ground floors to looking for that new product that's going to be unveiled that will kind of shift the trajectory of the industry for the next few years. Um, and when you uh, describe coffee in terms of waves, uh, the, <laughs> uh, which is funny, uh, <laughs> But, you know, the most logical question would be, like, what's fourth wave coffee going to look like? What, right. you know, how, um, how will that be remembered? And if third wave coffee has been known uh, for, like, you know, uh, manual brew and uh, attention to detail and all, you know, so on and so forth, what, what will fourth wave be? Um, yeah, and, yeah, it's... I think everyone is asking that question. Everyone is wants to be ahead of the, the cusp of that wave to make sure that they're you know they have representation and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you what I hope it's not going to be. <laughs> um, uh, I you know I hope it's not going to be something based upon you know something technical and that will further. Uh, uh, make coffee more exclusive, more unattainable, more unrelatable to the general market. Um, uh, I hope it will be, honestly, and I don't know, I hope it would be more inclusive. Um, sure. That's what I would hope coffee would. I hope we would make a pivot from something technical um, and exclusive to something that's more hospitable and inclusive. Yeah. Um, and that could be interpreted in a number of ways. I mean, I know a lot of shop owners listen and I, I, I appeal to you. I mean, like I have nothing against girls with tattoos and beards and handlebar mustaches and Warby Parker. But, you know, what if we were to start hiring people that actually need these jobs, you know, uh, sure. maybe bring, extend the table to the marginalized, uh, take a risk and, you know, um, maybe provide a job, a barista job to someone that uh, is on the autism spectrum or someone with Asperger's, um, someone that uh, finds it impossible to um, socialize. And what if we were to create some sort of propping mechanism 
mechanism within specialty coffee where they'll have that ability to talk to people. Um, I think that'd be amazing personally. I think that would be a fantastic opportunity to um, extend the table to people that don't necessarily have these opportunities. Um, quick story, we were at SEA Expo recently and we took a ton mm -hmm. of Ubers. Um, and Brett and I were uh, there in an, in, an, in an Uber and uh, um, he was asking, where are you guys going? We're saying, we're going to the coffee event. Oh yeah, yeah, I love coffee. I, you know, I, I, I wish I, I could be a barista. This guy was from the Dominican Republic, probably 28, 29 or so. And uh, Brett was saying, like, yeah, you should, you should apply. You should become a barista. Why not? He's like, no, I, I can't do that. I, I, maybe if I were born in this country, I could do that. But I, hmm. there's no way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, this is what I do. Um, and he was an Uber driver. And it, it was a really eye-opening moment to where, like, in a sense, we've kind of created walls around our industry. You know, walls to this average person kind of he perceived as being, like, futile to to scale you know what well, why even apply they're not going to hire me they're going to hire the cool looking guy not, not right the, the cool hipster looking guy yeah. with the beard yeah yeah well, <laughs> uh, it's 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 not for me and that's <clears throat> no one has that policy no shop in america has a policy of like we only hire hipsters but right. the people that are not within that bubble that's what they perceive right that they're not welcome you know that they 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 don't stand a chance and obviously, that's completely unintentional. I don't know anyone that has that policy whatsoever. Um, but that's the message that's being received. And that's sad. It's sad that, you know, we've created a culture that's unintentionally become marginalizing to, to people that need these opportunities. So, I mean, you know, you know remember like in Second Wave Coffee, uh, uh, the connotation that we had with coffee and up the upright base? Or <laughs> loud, oh, yeah, I see <laughs> loud colors and big coffee mugs and all those things. Yeah. Uh, what if the hipster would have that same, would go in the same direction as, as the upright, upright base? What if fourth wave coffee could be known for being radically inclusive? You know, and, and there are shops that are doing this now. Um, like uh, I think like Street Bean in Seattle, uh, Everybody's Coffee in Chicago. But I think in, in in a large degree, whenever there's like a charitable component mixed within your shop, automatically there's this perception is like, oh, okay, that means you're kind of like focused on that and not necessarily the quality. And not of quality. The yeah. No, yeah. you're totally right. That's definitely true. And I'm guilty of that perception as well. <clears throat> so we're like, oh, okay, well, this obviously isn't going to be as good, but like, whatevs, you know, I'll, I'll support it. But like, what if we could flip that perception? Which, what if we can flip that paradigm and 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 make it to where like this is something that's central to what we do, hospitality and, and inclusivity, to where we want to extend the table, so to speak, to people that don't necessarily have the, the opportunity to, to, uh, to get these jobs. So, I mean, that's what I hope. If you were to ask me, where were we, where were we going in five years? My dream would be that, to where we could extend the table to people that need these opportunities. And, and uh, who knows, it could probably shift the industry in a very positive direction. Um, and instead of being exclusive, we can be inclusive and um, include people. Yeah, nice challenge. Nice challenge. I like that. So uh, the next question is going to be, do you have any resources you'd recommend to our listeners uh, about anything you refer to, maybe to inspire you for design, um, maybe to uh, just educate yourself in coffee, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think real quick, if I were in an elevator, someone to ask me, I would I would point them directly to any of the work works of uh, James Hoffman. Uh, he's actually going to release a book. I'm not sure if it's out yet, uh, but sort of like the best of his blog, he's actually putting out in printed form. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, is, I ordered one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, that looks so really might, exciting. And everything yeah, he cool. everything he does, I think, is just amazing. And he's asking more importantly the right questions. Um, and he just kind of serves as a great ambassador, especially a good barometer, a good heart check, you know, uh, to specialty coffee. And I, I just admire everything he's done. Uh, both on a hospitality level and a technical skill level. I think he's just, he's, he's amazing. 
um, regarding design. I mean, right now I'm kind of surrounding myself within, you know, the works of like, uh, Dieter Rams and my small big Mally, um, um, and just trying to find my voice, you know, and I'm still in that process, um, uh, of figuring out that path and you'd figure it I'd, I'd have that figured out by now, but, um, I don't know. I guess I'm still growing. I, I sure hope so. Don't stop growing. it's so valuable i think to to never stop growing yeah all right number three this is the hardest question it's going to be uh what is the best piece of advice you've received in your life it can be like top three doesn't have to be number one okay um (laughs) maybe don't touch that you'll get burned (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know if this is i've ever been someone has ever told me this but like I would say, like, don't don't trust compliments too much. Don't don't dwell on those those sentiments. Don't don't dwell on flattery. Um, I think it could quite easily become like a quicksand to creativity, um, to where it's, it stunts your growth. You know, as a creative, um, and it's so tempting to kind of like, I mean. I'm very fortunate to where like every morning when I wake up at 6 a.m., my phone is filled with amazing, amazing uh, and very kind sentiments from from fans uh, that are very, very, very kind. Um, But I I really try my best not not to get stuck on that, you know, and not to be content with that, Um, because I I do feel as though we we, I would very quickly fall into a quicksand, a sort of a, a, a malaise of of of, uh self-congratulatory um plateauing i guess you can say um and uh i definitely hope to continue to grow um and uh additionally i would say never stop being a student um and anticipate uh the invigorating sensation of being corrected and maybe Maybe you're wrong. Maybe, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of our, our, um, our origins or experiences within coffee come from that idea of our preconceived ideas of coffee being completely wrong, you know? And um, it turns out that I, I, I didn't have it all figured out. Um, so I think constantly holding yourself in a posture of sort of uh, being ready to to learn something new, I think, is very healthy. All right, well, that's that's excellent. Well, David, thank you for spending the time with us uh, on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well, and uh, we look forward to seeing your future works here and collaborations here in the near future. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hi, right, David. Appreciate it. I want to extend another thank you to David for being on the show, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Coffee Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our website at thecoffeepodcast.org. Feel free to reach out to us there in a submission form, or you can even now subscribe to the podcast and receive early access to some of the material that we will be releasing here in the near future. You can also reach us on our Instagram at thecoffeepodcast or Twitter at thecoffeepodcast. Thanks for listening. Happy brewing.